Welcome to the Why They Are So Angry podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Francois, a proud baby boomer with over 30 years experience as an educator and learning leader. And I'm Courtney Square, your resident first generation millennial. Join us as we present an unvarnished look at systemic racism in America throughout history and up to modern times. We invite you to pull up a chair, put in your earbuds, and allow us to enlighten, educate, and explore the real reasons why Black African Americans are so angry. Because until you know the whole history, it isn't American history at all. Hey, Courtney, we're coming to the end of 2020, and so much has happened for us and around the world since we started the Why Are They So Angry project to address systemic racism in America. So it seems appropriate that we do a year-end wrap-up of this journey. You are right. It's very appropriate that we do a year-end wrap-up, and I love all those year-end countdown-type shows. But this started out as something as simple as a Facebook post by you, and it blossomed into something we never could have imagined. So true, so true. Six months ago, after George Floyd's murder, I posted to Facebook urging friends to read books about systemic racism. And I did this just as an offhanded attempt to help people to understand the reaction to that murder and to get a better understanding of how America got to where it is in race relations. And boom, we've been super busy in a variety of social media ever since. For six months straight, we've been helping people to see, say, and confront systemic racism. Now, since we've been talking about numbers like six months and so on in the year, we can think about the number 2020 in a few different ways. One of them is vision. Basically, 2020 vision just means someone can see what an average individual can see on an eye chart when they are standing 20 feet away. So contrary to what most of us may have believed, 2020 vision is not perfect vision. I guess just like 2020 vision isn't perfect, 2020 as a year hasn't been perfect either. It has been far from perfect, but no year is perfect. But I like the analogy with the 2020 vision. I think we're acting like people's corrective lenses when they don't have 2020 vision um, on the subject of systemic racism and teaching them about it. So as we've taken on this role as the corrective lenses, let's share some of the things we're doing under the Why Are They So Angry banner. Well, my dear niece, I love the way you turn a phrase. Yes, expanding vision is what we're all about. Along with producing this podcast, we're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, we have a website, and we have an online course called Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront It. Now, my favorite part of the project is that we have a very active and vibrant why Are They So Angry Facebook community that's been involved in reading books about systemic racism and participating in monthly Zoom sessions to discuss the books. The group's motto is knowledge plus action equals power. So we're going to be giving shout outs to these group members today as we talk about our own favorite books, our own favorite podcasts and recommendations and things that they suggest as well. 
So let's start with our favorite podcast episode. But before we do, I'm proud to say our podcast, Why Are They So Angry, has gotten 4.9 stars on the Apple Podcasts. So listeners, thank you. Thank you for those ratings. And please keep on listening and keep on rating and keep on suggesting to your friends to listen. Now back to the favorite podcast. Mine was Presidents Behaving Badly. Although many would believe that the 45th resident of the White House is behaving badly, our look back in history revealed some pretty shady dealings by some past presidents. Oh, yes, it did. Rutherford B. Hayes, he went from a president that I rarely thought of at all to learning that his house got shot up like a a rapper and he was just a shady guy. Oh, Rutherford, when you you do, you try to do good and you fail. That's Rutherford, 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 Rutherford. But my favorite episode was Black and Brave, where we talk about Sergeant Carter. I learned so much about him and I got to inject a little bit of one of my favorite pastimes, which is nerd culture and comic book culture by introducing people to the Marvel hero, Isaiah Bradley. And a close follow-up would definitely be our medical experimentation episode where we talked about Veritas Hartman, the child with the hole in his head and how he led such a illustrious life afterward. Well, both of those were some heroic individuals. And like you, I really was enthralled by Sergeant Carter as well. What a hero. What a hero. Now, our listeners had favorite podcast episodes too, Courtney. Like me, Karen Edelstein liked our episode titled Presidents Behaving Badly. And just like you, Miriam Mathis and Bernadette Hull both liked Black and Brave, the episode about Sergeant Carter. Now, another listener, Richard King, said that hands down, Terror at the Algiers Motel was the episode at the top of his list. I'll tell you, it was varied and different what folks liked. Uh, but to tell the truth, I liked recording every one of them, even though I did have a favorite. So what about the books we've been reading in the Facebook group? Which one did you like? Well, I had lots of favorites, but I, like you and Carol, love that it goes across the board uh, of different favorites of books and podcasts. Now, my favorite book was The Warmth of Other Sons. I had seen that book sitting in your home and you had talked about it. I never had gave a chance to read it, but when I read it, it read like a movie. I could see it in my mind's eye and the story of the great migration just came alive for me. Oh, yes, Courtney, me too. That was my favorite book, especially it was my favorite book because I really did not realize how important the Great Migration was to our own family. If you'll recall, your grandmother, my mother, her family was from South Carolina and they migrated to Pennsylvania. When I read that book, I had a whole new look at our grandparents and your great grandparents and the bravery that it took for them to leave the South and go North. I'm also probably a bit biased since I had the chance to meet the author, uh, Isabel Wilkerson, when we traveled to Chautauqua, New York, to take part in a week-long learning vacation where she was one of the featured speakers. Now, since we were, uh, since then, we were also honored to bring Isabel Wilkerson to Dallas to speak at the Dallas Institute for Humanities and Culture. And get this, Courtney, 
we were honored to be her special guest when Southern Methodist University conferred an honorary doctorate on her. So Isabel Wilkerson, for me, in a lot of ways, is my favorite author and her book is my favorite. Now, her latest book, Cast, is making a big impression now as well. I purchased the book cast just on the strength of warmth of other sons. And as a burgeoning writer myself, she is climbing to the top of my list as a non-fictional story writer. So I totally get where you're coming from. Now, when we asked uh, members what their favorite books were, Miriam Mathis, Carolyn uh, Vonberg, and Rachel Allen all agreed with the both of us and in their liking of the warmth of other sons. Uh, Richard King chose the Education of Blacks in the South as his most enlightening book. It enlightened me as well because my mother-in-law pointed out several photos saying, oh, that's right down the street from me where I live. So that also had a connection. Bernadette Hole was impressed by slavery by another name. Gareth Edelston felt enlightened by the color of law. Something all the book members agreed is that to call the heavy books a uh, to call the heavy books they were reading favorites is a misnomer. What they prefer to say, as opposed to saying, this is my favorite, is it's something that raised their consciousness and opened up their mind's eye, their hearts, and their eagerness to learn about systemic racism, which is something, uh, systemic racism in America, which is something they never knew about before. That's very right, Courtney. What these readers all have in common is that now their eyes are open. Uh, after reading these books, they can't unsee what they now know as the truth about America's history of systemic racism. Back to that business of 2020 vision. Now, since we're on the topic of books, let's make some recommendations that our readers should consider uh, and our listeners should consider along with the ones we've already mentioned. First, though, I suggest if anyone plans to buy a book, consider purchasing from a Black-owned bookstore. Now, if you don't know where one is, check out the August 27, 2020 edition of Oprah Magazine. In that edition, you'll find a list of 125 Black-owned bookstores in America. I think every state has uh, was identified as having a at least one and maybe more. And uh, a lot of these Black bookstores, if you even if you don't live close to them, you can probably order from them. So for my choices, these are two books that I highly recommend. Now, the first book I want to recommend is Our Time Is Now by Stacey Abrams. You may recall Stacey Abrams is the Black African-American woman who ran for governor of Georgia and narrowly lost that election. But she is credited with being one of the individuals who helped turn Georgia blue in this last presidential election. Her book is amazing. And the book Our Time Is Now really explains her political efforts and how she went about doing this and how she basically has looked at registering voters and finding voters in an entirely different way than most political parties have done so in the past. So it's well worth a read to understand her strategy and to just know that this is an individual who is absolutely brilliant. Now, the second book that I'm recommending is titled The Organ Thieves, The Shocking Story of the First Heart Transplant in the Segregated South. And this book is by Chip Jones. Now, I'm not going to give it away, but 
that subtitle, The Shocking Story of the First Heart Plant Transplant in the Segregated South, is very telling. And when you read it, and I hope all of our listeners will, you will be shocked at what happened in this book. So those are my two suggestions. How about you, Courtney? I have a couple suggestions of my own. A book that you got for me last Christmas was Black Fortunes, the story of the first six African-Americans who escaped uh, slavery and became millionaires by Shamari Wills. We talk about generational wealth and in our land theft episode about uh the beach stories and all of that wealth, these six African-Americans actually gained that wealth. So that is a personal favorite of mine. We have The Color of Money, Black Banks and the Racial Wealth Gap by Mahersha Badaran and A Promised Land by the 44th president, Barack Obama. It is his memoir describing his rise throughout politics and his years in the White House. I also recommend a series of books on different topics um, that are kind of difficult for kids. It's a kid's uh, book about, which takes on different subjects such as racism, white privilege, voting, death, and it speaks to kids on their level. And you can find that at a kidsbookabout.com. Yes, those books, that collection is really an excellent one. And for parents and teachers and anybody with uh, children needing to explain some of those tough topics, I, I agree with you, Courtney. That's a good recommendation. Now, our listeners and some of our members of our book group ha had some uh, suggestions as well. And so let me just kind of run down the list. Um, one of our suggestions was Between the World and Me by Tahani Coates. Also, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. Um, one of my favorites that I'm hoping we will incorporate with our book group to read next year is called White Rage, The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide by Carol Anderson. And another listener said any book by James Baldwin, and I agree, James Baldwin is absolutely relevant. He is uh, totally relevant to the world today and things going on in America. Uh, of course, we've already talked about Isabel Wilkerson and one of our listeners and uh, book group members said we've got to read Cass. It's on my bookshelf right now and it's next up. And uh, then Colson Whitehead wrote The Underground Railway and that's recommended again by one of our listeners. One of our book group members, uh, Miriam Matheson, is a school librarian who wanted to make sure that we included children's literature, which is very, very important to start readers very young. She suggested these books for younger readers. The Watsons Go to Birmingham by Christopher Paul. Crossing Bok Chito, A Choctaw Tale of Friendship and Courage by Tim Tingle. Locomotion by Jacqueline Woodson, Brown Girl Dreaming also by Jacqueline Woodson. Well, we have given our listeners a lot to chew on, Courtney. Books, podcasts, things to listen to, things to read. So let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the steps our listeners and book group members are taking in, the, in their personal spheres of influence to see, say, and confront systemic racism. So here we go with a little break. Okay, we're back. 
But before we get back into uh, the recommendations and hearing about our uh, listeners and things they've been doing to confront, confront systemic racism, I want to remind our listeners that if you want to learn more about systemic racism, you can tune in uh, to more of our episodes, obviously, but you can also go to our website, www.whyaretheysoangry.com for more information. And you can also take our course, Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront, confront It. And that reminds me, one lucky winner is going to get complimentary access to take that course. It's a $399 value. And we're going to announce who that is at the end of this episode. Now, Let's turn our attention to what our listeners and Facebook group members have said they've been doing to confront systemic racism as a result of listening to our podcast and being in the Facebook group. Well, the first person we have up is Rachel Allen. She's invested in taking on systemic racism by taking concrete action within her state's political mechanisms. Rachel wrote in to tell us, I am hoping to apply my knowledge in my capacity as part of Governor Tom Wolf's trauma focus in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm on a statewide action team as well as a countywide action team to address trauma that includes systemic racism and other forms of oppression. I also interviewed to do counseling work around wellness with the Pennsylvania Human Rights Commission this very morning. So when she wrote in that very morning, she was taking action to continue uh, with what she's letting us know that she's going to do is that she's hoping to be involved with others around her state and county and city working to dismantle systemic racism as well as all forms of oppression. Well, I'll tell you, Courtney, Rachel is totally in. I love the fact that she's joined groups that have the ability to impact policy at the state level, since changing policies is one solid way to start changing society. Now, earlier, we mentioned Marion Mathis, the librarian, who uh, suggested we want to make sure to include children's literature and children in this kind of learning. And so I want to share with you something she wrote to us. It's a little long, but I think it's well worth hearing. Now, Marion says, quote, I've already started sharing the new American history I'm learning in Why Are They So Angry with my various circles of friends. One circle is a 10-person study group from my church, which is predominantly white United Methodist women. For the past four months, we have been studying a book called Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation by Latasha Morrison. As a result, we've had many opportunities via Zoom meetings to take stock of our own complicity in systemic races and to wrestle with how to become respectful, courageous allies in the struggle. In a way, that group is complementary to this one, meaning the Why Are They So Angry book group, because several of those women have brought thoughtful articles and vid videos to our attention that reinforce what we've been learning in Why Are They So Angry. Miriam concluded with this, this is not so much an implementation as a happy result of my Why Are They So Angry learning and the new ways we're reaching out to families and friends these days. I've been able during the pandemic to reconnect with some of my teacher friends from where I used to work. With two African-American friends in particular, our conversations have deepened and expanded in recent months around their personal and family experiences. 
I feel like I've been able to, quote, hear them in a new way when they talk about their sons and their own struggles. One of them told me recently about her elderly labor, neighbors who were not going to vote in the presidential election because they were afraid of potential violence against them at the polling place. My friend and other younger neighbors made it their mission to drive the elderly voters to the polls and walk them to the door, then wait for them to come out. I'm not sure we would ever have shared that kind of experience before. And we've known each other for decades. Wow. Hearing about that we're having an impact on others is very humbling. And it's a great responsibility. And it's making me want to do even more with why are they so angry? I'm glad people are sharing what they're doing outside of the group and podcast. You're absolutely right. Because our purpose isn't just to keep people reading and talking. We want people acting. And just like you said, we can never gauge how our work affects others. But these stories from Rachel and Miriam and all the other book group members and listeners inspire me to keep on keeping on. Now, since it's the holidays and gift giving is high on the list for a lot, a lot of us, let's offer our listeners some gift ideas. I have three Actually, I think I have more than three gift recommendations from Black African-American-owned businesses. So let's start with one right here in my sphere of influence in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Here in Dallas, there's a great company called Ajua Beauty, and it's been founded by Julian Otto. And Julian produces hairstyling products that complement, as she said, all curl patterns with a focus on kinkier textures. So uh, Ajua Beauty, we are in fact in the um, show notes for today's show. As always, we'll have links to these businesses that we're talking about. Now the price range for Ajua Beauty is between 20 and $32. So that's pretty reasonable. Now, another local business person, at least local for me in Fort Worth, is Tamara Johnson, who is the founder of Inso Apothecary, and her products range anywhere from $5 to $75. These are 100% natural, handmade, vegan skincare projects, and what's really great is she also offers yoga and meditation classes. Um, one of the items that is considered a must-have is called the Butter Bliss gift set. Now, Courtney, you know, I collect Black Santas and that collection, you do know that, that's right. And that collection is well over 100 now. So a company I was delighted to find and to recommend is a company called Christmas in Color. Now they say they started their business back in 2010 because they couldn't find any African-American nutcrackers to add to their holiday decorations. Well, I'm so glad that I found them because I just ordered and received both a Santa nutcracker and a regular Santa figure from them this year. And I'm completely sold on their company. They gave great service and both of the figures are well done. They're well-crafted and good quality. And the last thing I want to say is that we don't want to forget about adult beverages. Um, this is the time of festivities and celebration. And so two of our favorite wines are from Black-owned wineries. McBride Sisters, who make uh, Black Girl Magic, and Brown Family Vineyards also produce very good wines. And uh, your uncle and I have been enjoying them during the holidays. So that's my list of recommendations. 
Those are some great gifts from hair care to skin care to self-care, wine included, uh, has, been, <laughs> has been covered across the board. And for those who celebrate Kwanzaa that have the libation cup, definitely check out uh, the McBride sisters and their wines. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I have a couple gift recommendations, one that I am using right now uh, that is from the Harlem Candle Company. The Harlem Candle Company is a luxury home fragrance brand specializing in scented candles inspired by the richness of Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance. It was founded in 2014 by travel and lifestyle expert Terry Johnson, and the, the Harlem Candle Company is a manifestation of her personal love affair with fragrance, jazz, and Harlem itself. They have uh, everything from room sprays, candles, and oil diffusers. I know a lot of people can't have open flames or, or have a fear of open flames, so they do have those people covered as well. But with scents like Savoy, Sugar Hill, and Lenox Avenue, any space will put any any of these candle scents will put you in an amazing space. And right now, I am burning Sugar Hill, and it smells like really, really expensive cookies and spice. Ooh, I'm gonna order that up right now. And you can find them at Harlem uh, Harlem Candle Company uh, dot com. Um, and again, I'm burning something that just smells so delicious. So please check them out. My next recommendation will be for the comic book lovers out there. One of my favorite books that I'm reading right now is a title called Bitter Root. It's based during the Harlem Renaissance. So there's a little bit of a theme here. Yeah, and you're connecting centric- it all together, I'm scent con- and sound and word oh my you've got quite a thing i i was reading this comic book and burning that candle Hmm. and it centers around a monster hunting family who fights racism as a villain so racism actually turns people into these monsters that this family hunts i don't want to give it away but bitter root is is something i highly recommend it's published by image comics who has who have a lot of black characters and it's an independent comic book company and the best thing about it is they release what are called variant or alternative covers of their books and they're based on famous black movies from the 90s so movies that I grew up watching like Jews and Boys in the Hood so they're very beautifully painted and inked uh, book covers so if you have a movie buff or a comic book buff or you're looking for something to read I highly recommend Bitter Root. You can order these from Image Comics themselves. You can go through Comixology or Amazon, or you can purchase using my next recommendation, which really isn't a gift, but it's a road trip destination. Amalgam Comics and Coffee is the first comic book shop to be owned by an African-American woman on the East Coast. It's located in Philadelphia at 2578 Frankfurt Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19125. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 4. Make sure you check their uh, hours and social distancing uh, requirements during the pandemic. But they are a part of the Marvel Universe. If you look on the Invincible Iron Man cover with the new Iron Man, Riri Williams, who is Ironheart. She's a Black female. She's on the cover with the owner of the shop. So they are actually in the Marvel Universe. So please go check them out. 
Well, Courtney, you are just a wealth of information. I went to graduate school in uh, at Temple University in Philadelphia, and I uh, the the city, of course, holds great great love for me, and I have great love for that city. And now, knowing about this comic book store and coffee shop, I think I need to go back and check it out. I, it wasn't there when I was in school 100 years ago, but uh, now it is, and I certainly want to know more about it. Um, well, Courtney, all of these businesses, not just Amalgam Comics and Coffee, but all of them sound worth checking out. Um, though now it's traditionally gift-giving time, we hope our listeners will keep these businesses in mind whenever they have a gift-giving need. We've linked the books and the businesses in the show notes on our website. Now, our website is www.whyaretheysoangry.com. And when you get there, click on the podcast tab, and that will take you to the show notes where you can find the links and all of our uh, episodes. And maybe you can go back and listen to the ones that our uh, listeners and, uh, and Courtney and I found that we really liked, uh, as well as all the other all the other podcasts are on there. And keep in mind that in the podcast show notes, we always link the information that we use to create these shows. Now, speaking of gifts, we had a drawing from the names of listeners and group members who emailed us about their favorite podcasts and books and so on. And I am happy to announce the winner of the drawing. And if we had a drum roll, we would do one, but we don't. But the winner of the drawing is Rachel Allen. Yay, Rachel. <laughs> yes, we're very pleased. We're happy. We wish we could have given something to everybody that wrote in, but Rachel is going to receive a complimentary access to our course, Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront It, and that course is valued at $399, and of course, Rachel is welcome to take the course herself. She can give it to someone as a gift if she'd like, but uh, congratulations to Rachel, and thank you for sending in your information, and all the others who sent in and uh, told us about their favorites and gave us suggestions and recommendations for this episode. So there we have it. Well, congratulations to Rachel. And as we come to the end of our first season and our year in wrap up, we want to thank all the listeners and readers and people that told people about us. We don't take that lightly. It is very humbling to know that my aunt and I are helping break the cycle of systemic racism in America in America. Now we're taking our holiday break, but just a quick review of what's coming up in season two, starting in 2021. We're going to take a trip to the West where we discover black cowboys, the role of African Americans in Western expansion, the history of historically black colleges and universities, black love through the ages, as well as some things that you may not know about Martin Luther King Jr and the inception of Black History Month. So as much as we will miss you, I hope you miss us too, but you know where you can find us on Facebook at Why Are They So Angry, Instagram at Why Are They So Angry, Twitter at W-A-T-S-A underscore online, or on our website, www.whyaretheysoangry.com. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in 2021. See you next year. That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time when we continue providing the answer to the question, 
Why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.